Hi there, this is Taylor checking in with some conservation news from the past couple weeks for Pelicanus and Intentional Ecology. Working in the environmental field is an experience of some very high highs and some low lows. As always, there are horrendous environmental stories that deserve our attention, action, and mobilization, but it is our opinion that you can find those headlines in many places. But there are also empowering and inspiring stories that demonstrate major conservation successes from around the globe, achieved by real people who have grouped together to create a better planet. We've been collecting these stories and messages every week for years, and I'm still surprised at how resilient and creative both nature and humans are when facing big challenges. Hi everyone, we've got a handful of headlines for today's Pelicanus News. I've categorized them into drawdown, legal, and life. These stories are truly incredible and also reminders to me that conservation can actually work. All right, our first category of drawdown has a couple headlines here. Um, This is super interesting. This one's out of uh, NPR.org. Wind power overtook coal and nuclear for first time in the United States on March 29th. Wind power in the United States has reached a new milestone. On March 29th, wind turbines produce more electricity than coal and nuclear, the U.S. Energy Information Administration, an agency that collects energy statistics for the government, says. In the past, wind-powered electricity has gone beyond coal and nuclear on separate days, but this was the first time wind surpassed both on the same day. Natural gas is still the largest source of electricity generation in the country. The EIA notes that in the spring and fall months, nuclear and coal generators do reduce their output because demand tends to be lower. However, this still is pretty incredible and unprecedented news. Second, Uh, One here is out of theguardian.com. This one's a little bit more nuanced, I guess. Um, It starts off with saying, historic, in um, quotes. Global climate plans can now keep heating below 2 degrees Celsius, study shows. All right, so bear with me on this one. For the first time, the the world is in a position to limit global heating to under 2 degrees Celsius, according to the first in-depth analysis of the net zero pledges made by nations at the United Nations Conference of Parties 26, COP26, uh, climate summit in December. Before these pledges, it was more than likely that at the peak of the climate crisis, there would be a temperature rise above 2 degrees Celsius, bringing more severe impacts for billions of people. Now, it is more likely that the peak temperature rise will be about 1.9 degrees Celsius. Now, I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but bear with me. However, the researchers said this depended on all nations implementing their pledges on time and in full and warned that the policies to do so were not currently in place. The pledges also include those that developing countries have said will not happen without more financial and technical support. Achieving the pledges needed for the 2 degrees Celsius limit was a historic milestone and good news, the scientists said. However, they said the bad news was that the cuts in global emissions currently planned by 2030 were way off track to keep the peak below 1.5 degrees Celsius. 
People across the planet are already facing intensifying heat waves, floods, and storms with the 1.2 degrees Celsius heating caused by humanity's emissions to date. And the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC, warned in 2018 of far worse if heating continues above 1.5 degrees Celsius. The 2 degrees Celsius limit being within reach is big news, said Christoph McGlade at the International Energy Agency, a member of the team behind the new analysis. It's the first time that governments have come forward with specific targets that can hold global warming to below the symbolic 2 degrees Celsius level. And I think that quote is um, the reason why this is so important. It shows that it actually can work and that this is the first study that shows that um, all of this uh, is in a position to have big change. So we're going to keep our eyes on that um, because this this is the right trajectory, this is the right path. All right, for a different switch... This is in a category I'm calling legal. Um, This is really interesting, very, very exciting. Um, Something that a lot of activists have been paying attention to for a while now. This is coming from NPR.org. California is investigating big oil for allegedly misleading the public on recycling. Accusing the country's largest oil and gas companies of a half-century campaign of deception, California's Attorney General opened an investigation into the possible role the companies played promoting the idea that plastics could be recycled in an effort to manipulate the public to buy more of it. Attorney General Rob Bonta said the fossil fuel industry benefited financially from the industry's misleading statements, (laughs) statements which he said go back decades. Bonta has so far subpoenaed ExxonMobil seeking information and documents. For more than half a century, the plastic industry has engaged in an aggressive campaign to deceive the public, perpetuating a myth that recycling can solve the plastics crisis, Bonta said. The truth is, the vast majority of plastic cannot be recycled. (sighs) The announcement cited NPR and PBS series Frontline's 2020 investigation into the oil and gas industry, which uncovered documents showing top officials knew that recycling plastic was unlikely to work, but spent tens of millions of dollars telling the public the opposite. Starting in the 1980s, the industry launched dozens of ads, nonprofits, and campaigns touting the benefits of recycling plastic. You know, that whole green arrow in a circle thing? and placing the responsibility on consumers, even as their own documents warned that recycling was infeasible and that there was serious doubt that plastic recycling can ever be made viable on an economic basis, the investigation found. Oh man, I really hope this is successful. Um, It's the same thing with um, carbon footprints as well. Uh, The oil industry... BP specifically created the idea of carbon footprints to put the the responsibility on individuals rather than um, on themselves. Okay, last category here. Um, This is in life. Uh, This is from vice.com. It might be a little weird why this is um, in conservation, but um, I think the whole point of conservation is to further life. And... um, So yeah, this is super interesting for that reason. All four building blocks of DNA have been found in meteorites. Whoa. 
For the first time ever, all four major components of DNA, the biological blueprint of living things, have been detected in rocks from outer space, a discovery that suggests the building blocks of life may have been delivered to Earth by ancient extraterrestrial objects, according to a new study. DNA is a helical structure made of nucleobases, the compounds adenine, guanine, cytosine, and thymine, which combine in motley permutations to write the source code for life on Earth, including humans. Though adenine and guanine were found in meteorites about 50 years ago, the presence of cytosine and thymine in these extraterrestrial objects has remained elusive, despite evidence that the compounds might have existed in the primordial interstellar dust that gave rise to our solar system some 4.6 billion years ago. Now, scientists led by Yasuhiro Uba, a professor at Hokkaido University, have at last detected trace amounts of cytosine and thymine in three carbonaceous or carbon-rich meteorites, a finding that bolsters the notion that extraterrestrial impacts contributed to the emergence of genetic properties for the earliest life on Earth, according to a study published in the journal Nature Communications. The team achieved this breakthrough by analyzing samples from the Murchison, Murray, and Tagish Lake meteorites, which landed in Australia, Oklahoma, and British Columbia, respectively. The research follows a number of related studies of these meteorites and others that have found proteins, nitrogen, water, organic compounds, and other key ingredients for life in extraterrestrial objects that ended up on Earth, potentially planting the seeds of habitability on our infant planet. <laughs> okay, I hope these stories bring some optimism and lightness and just wonder to your month. And um, I look forward to sharing more in the future.